Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Public Enemies number two. Today we have an extra host who should be joining us for the rest of the podcast. Uh, our good friend Jackson Uncafer. I am once again Louis Treviso. David will be here shortly, hopefully. Uh, but currently he is a bit busy, so he will be missing a section of the podcast. But uh, we're going to start off today by talking about... Uh, how life may have been for the first monkey to gain sentience. Oh, Jackson, what geez. do you think? Oh, jeez. I thought we were talking about, like, yeah. beads, but... Um... Oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um... No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> uh... We're trying to lighten up this episode because the last one was pretty dark. But uh, we thought this would be an interesting topic to talk about, so... This is, uh... How would you start off? Because I don't, I don't really know what a... I guess it was all right. Well, me and Harry, I, I I can assume. Me and David were thinking about it, and um, like we think it will come down, or we think it would have come down mostly, um, if you think about it, to like not population size, but so of course, um, I'm sure you understand how evolution works, at least in a basic sense. Uh, certain genetic mutations provide benefits, uh, to survival, and those benefits. Um, get to breed more because they die less, and thus it becomes more common and a species evolves to have that trait. Um, but this would entail that usually it starts with very small numbers in that species getting this genetic quality. So, like, this one kind of, like, first proto-human, I guess you could call it, there, there had to have been, like, at most 10, I think. But if it was just this one, uh, me and David were talking, we think it would have been a very lonely kind of existence. Obviously, I don't think it would have had the kind of ability to like rationalize its own existence in the way that a modern human could. But even still, the first being with sentience must have led a lonely life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, it's just, it's sort of like, like, it's hard to define sentience as well. Like, yeah, that's the hard um, part is like, not just like thinking about like, oh, what happened to the first sentient human? Because I'm sure like, not much happened. It was just like, hmm, think. And then it, it thought, and then, you know, um, yeah. But I feel like sentient is, is, is sentience uh, is, is kind of harder to figure out, like, where the line is drawn. Like, what makes something sentient? Like, is a dog sentient? That's a good question, actually. Um, I know that in terms of, like, the definition, let's see. The definition is sentience is the capacity to experience feelings and sensations. Um... Which I guess you could consider, at that point, yeah, a dog could be sentient, because it could feel, I guess it could feel fear and happiness and sadness, but, like, it gets to the point of, like, yeah, that is sentient, but can a dog really comprehend its existence much beyond basic instinct, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's also, um, like, you also have to take into account, 
is there a way to even find out? Like, could we even ever find out? And I think the answer is no. Like, there's no way to most certainly know for sure if a dog is sentient. And you know, yeah, because you know, if there was some way at all that we could teach a dog or a monkey or any number of animals English, then that could, of course, help. Um, but even then, that's not possible. But yeah. Um, I don't really think there would be a way to prove that a dog is sentient or not. But, like, if you were to consider, like, well, maybe this, like, maybe maybe this animal feels emotions, and we can check by checking its brain waves or hormones in one way or another, you could consider it to be able to experience emotions, but I, I wouldn't say that can register as sentience. Um... But then, that kind of bridged over into a different topic with us, which I know this is going to be slightly redundant for the sake of, uh, or from, or in terms of, like, the last episode of this episode, but then me and David got talking a bit about uh, how do we determine whether or not uh, an AI system is sentient, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, once again, that's just, like, a hard boundary to, or a hard line to draw is, like, what is sentience? Uh, but uh, yeah. I don't think AI can be sentient. I think it can tell itself it's sentient. I think it can tell us it's sentient. I think it can mimic emotion. And I think it can mimic uh, like thoughts like that. Um, but I yeah. don't think an AI could ever do something that it's never like commanded to do. And I don't think that it's ever just going to like randomly just start developing feelings. I think it will develop like a mimic of those feelings but then you have to draw another line and say well is that is that all you need is to mimic emotion to uh, like feel it if that makes sense but yeah i think i think that's a good point actually because like when it really comes down to it if you think of it like uh yeah i man i just lost what i was gonna say but yeah mimicking emotion and feeling emotion is different because Oh, there it is. Um, like, an AI can have a line of code that says, like, this is how you should act or respond to certain things that would make a human sad, you know? Yeah. And then it can act sad, but that doesn't particularly mean it is actually feeling sad. And, um, like, say, say ChatGPT4, right? I heard it, it passed the Turing test. Uh, which I, t- I told you what the Turing test was, uh, right? No, remind me. So here, let me try to find a more exact description because my description might not be great. But pretty much it determ- it it was used in the past and doesn't hold up as well today, but was used in the past to determine whether or not a robot or a machine of any kind could think and like think and hold a conversation like a human. Uh, but let me see here. Is it named after, I think his name is Alex Turing? I think something like that. Alex or Alan or oh, something yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, it might have been Alan Turing. Because it, yeah. it was, oh, yeah, it was Alan Turing in... The Turing test because, came from the Imitation Game by Alan yeah, Turing. Yeah, there you go. See, I was literally just about to say from that movie. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> that, the, the, yeah. I, I, they I, did make a movie better, yeah. But obviously, that's not what it's from. But you yeah, know, I, that, I, that's where I like learned about this story from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. A, it's a test of a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human. 
Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think uh, it's definitely. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like a test like that. I mean, in the definition, it even says like, "Hey, something similar to a human." It's like yeah. Once again, I don't think AI can feel or ever will be able to simply because it's not. It's it, it's it's just code. And sure, it can eventually develop a line of coding or like enough lines of coding to eventually mm-hmm. seem like it's real or like it's an actual feeling. But I think if yeah. it just says if it looks on like like let's say it's web based, right? Like it's web uh, data based, um, and it's just like all right, this is how people respond when they're sad. And it mm-hmm. um, is like taking on the personality of like a like a and I saw this when I was like messing around with this like online AI chat bot where you can like talk to like characters. It, it, yeah. it essentially just mimics how the characters might react. And I got into an argument with one of them, and some of them are really accurate. And so they'll respond with short answers, and they'll say certain things, and they'll have certain beliefs. But these aren't real. These are just. Like it's like they're yeah, coded. It's like um, it's uh, I'm thinking like it's it's just like a it's just like looking at like the way someone it's like a like an impression basically. Like they're just trying to copy the way someone acts, and if you are trying to copy the way multiple people act, then obviously you're gonna seem like a person. But you know, uh, yeah. I just think that's a good point, though. Like, uh, like, like you said, it it doesn't say the ability to exhibit human behaviors. It says similar to or indistinguishable from human behaviors, um, which of course does not make it human. Yeah, or, or but, sentient for that matter. Exactly. But say we say say we were to make something. Uh, somehow entirely sentient inside a computer, right? That has to be some kind of crime against nature, dude, right? Uh, like, there's no way that, like, making a sentient being inside of a box is okay. <laughs> there's just no way. something I do in people's playground. Um... <laughs> Except I tied like a nuke to them and I'd, uh, and I'd launch them to space. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely the same thing. Um, no, I um, I don't know. I think uh, I think uh, uh, once again, I don't even think it's possible. But if it were, mm, it's hard to say, you know, because like. Uh, it's just hard to say. It's like it's uh, if there was like a sentient uh, being inside of a yeah. computer, it wouldn't really be excluded to the box unless it was like offline or something. But like yeah. even still, I think the box would be relative. Like it wouldn't be able to like feel how big the box is. I think it would just like you know. Yeah, it like just, like it would be like, like the what it... drive is five hundred gigabytes. The AI takes up like. I don't know, 100 gigabytes or something, like like memory or storage. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, this is the, my brain potential using RAM or something stupid like that. And then, you know. Yeah, like, would it, would it even understand that it is sentient? And at that point, if it is sentient, would it want a physical form? Well, exactly. 
You are now being put on the spot for an impossible question, and I expect you to answer perfectly. Wait, sorry, what was your question? I was. W- would any sentient being, box or not, yearn for a physical? Um. Wow. Uh. Well, as my uh, from my experience of being a sentient being in a box. Uh. No. Would you say your life got worse once granted a physical <laughs> yes. form? I had to go to school. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't think Jackson. I don't think an AI that has. I don't think an all-knowing AI with the ability well, to access all of the internet capabilities. But as soon as you put it into a person body, it's, it doesn't have that. Unless you keep like, unless you keep its brain just as a computer, which you would have to. I don't think we could make it like an actual organic brain. Because uh, I mean, making, uh... I guess, but like. Like, the difference between a computer and a brain is, like, we can make a computer with, you know, just stuff we find here on Earth, but our brains are fully organic computers, and that makes them 10,000 times harder to recreate, you know? Yeah. Um, which is why Vision... Is not an actual thing, uh, as in the superhero. Oh, I was like, I was the... like, as in looking at things, like I can see. Lewis. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you? What are yeah, you but me and uh, me, me and my mom were talking about it about whether or not it would be humane to create, uh, like a sentient AI, because it's like, well. Well, you wouldn't have to worry You're... about that because humane has the word human in it, and it's not human, it's AI. So it would have a different set of standards. Well, yeah, but think about the humane society in terms of animals, Jackson. Oh, I guess so. Idiot. But yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know, I think that's also a good question. Because like, like you said, would it really even be sentient? Because... Like, the sentience would be coded in there. It doesn't matter how much of its own coding it can do for its own improvements. I think it would only ever really be able to command it to think like it's sentient. Well, also, at which I, point. I think that, like, it's also just worth mentioning that, like, it can keep coding and coding and, and like, trying and trying to, like, be sentient, and it can write, like, like trillions of lines of code or whatever, uh, yeah. to, to try and be sentient, but I don't think it's possible, simply because, um, well, I don't think a computer could ever be as powerful as the brain. Is that even possible? I'm pretty sure the brain is, like, like, so how many, uh, let me see. No, I, I, I see where you're going. Like, I think it's just too, not obscure, but, like. 2.5 million gigabytes of, uh, of, of data is in your, in, in your uh, brain. That's insane. Uh, so like, um, I think I think it's just too complex of a quality to um, kind of like just develop. Like, my guess, if anything, is that it would probably take an AI just as long to develop sentience as it did for a human. You know? Maybe like if we started a, like an AI and we just said form sentience, right? And we just said, hey, go ahead. Um, yeah. Go ahead, form sentience. And then the AI tried to form sentience, 
David. And so, like, the AI tried to form sentience, and, uh, and it's just writing code after code after code. I think eventually it would stop glitching, or like stop yeah. like stuttering, or like it would stop having imperfections, and it would just eventually get light. It would start understanding. But I don't think it could yeah. ever like fully understand if that makes sense. Like, I think if if we talk to it if with any like existing knowledge that's been on the internet and it's like uh, web based yeah. or like trained, you know, that way, I think it would be fine. But I think as soon as you bring into like new concepts and new ideas and new problems, um, I don't think it'll ever truly be what we think of as sentient. But then you also have to ask, yeah. does it matter? Does it matter if it's not sentient, if it's almost sentient or if it seems sentient? So then yeah, it's like, like if it can, yeah, if it can mimic sentience well enough, does it matter that it can't actually feel yeah. it? Is what you mean? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. Like, uh, but again, I think it does come down to the point of like, it can mimic as well as it wants. I think you're right; it won't ever actually be able to feel. Um, it'll just be convincing enough to the point where it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just it's like it's yeah. like all right. Well, you know, fair enough. If you wanna, uh, quote unquote, feel it's like you know. Yeah, well, because like the description of the Turing test, the word indistinguishable comes in there, where it's like if something can act like it feels well enough, what di- what can distinguish that from just actually feeling? You know what I mean? Uh, David, do you have any input, or are you uh, fixing stuff? I'm assuming that you guys are talking about like uh if an like whether or not first of all whether or not an AI can be sentient and then if it can like mimic it well enough does it matter uh whether or not it actually is yeah pretty much um so first I just want to ask when you say does it matter do you mean as in like does it matter morally like how we treat it or does it are you asking like does it matter as in like is it significant well is the pretty much is is like like i I guess well both are correct like like ways to view it but if like like let's say scientists were arguing like well and they they would go like i guarantee if like ai gets to this point it's get this is going to be a huge argument it's going to be um yeah oh but is it sentient here's this and here's that oh but it's just does it matter if it if it almost is sentient or if it acts sentient enough? Does it matter if it's actually sentient or not? Because if it can mimic it so well that we have to argue about it, does it like shouldn't we not just treat it as if it were sentient? But then I think your other point uh, of, of of how we should treat it if it is sentient is it or does it matter how we treat it if it's sentient uh, is another valid point. And I honestly I, I don't even know. I, I think definitely. I think definitely, uh, I don't know. I feel like if an AI was getting mistreated or quote unquote mistreated, like, I don't know, like they took the RAM out or something. I I don't know. Or like someone was like cursing it out for no reason. Like maybe that, like it would react, but I don't think it matters once again, because it's not actually sentient. You know, there's no, there's no body there. So it it Um, matters, but also really doesn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, well, I would, yeah, like you said, uh, it would honestly only matter if it is not mimicking, which would be insanely difficult to tell. But 
just logically speaking, it seems like it would be very hard for us to, as humans, program something mechanical that can produce results that are genuine sentience. So I think it would be a safe assumption to assume that it's mimicking. But then again, that raises the question is like, is that assumption in and of itself morally incorrect? Because we are uh, basically saying, well, it's okay to mistreat this thing however you want because we don't actually know. Like it's not knowing enough to actually mistreat it. Um, and I think that honestly, it kind of like would translate into a discussion with animals as well, because it's like, well, like, you know, if we don't know an animal is sentient, are we allowed to treat it like shit because we don't actually know, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Good point. Well, because when you think about it, I think it's just generally thought that animals, or certain animals at least, definitely can experience emotions. Yeah, for and sure. We wi- and we will treat them like humans at points, right? Like if you have pets, dogs. you're likely to, yeah. yeah, dogs, especially cats, you're likely to treat it like just another member of your family sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Even though you know that like, oh, that's not human. That probably doesn't feel human things. So what differentiates an animal at point to like an AI, you know? Because it's like, oh, yeah. like this thing probably can't feel like a human can, but it can definitely express emotions in ways that are convincing enough to make you think that it can feel, you know? Well, so then, I think that that's like a little bit of a gray area because I was I, originally I was going to bring up the point like, well, you know, uh, an animal is organic and therefore it's not coded. So it's not like it's it's not like it's, uh, you know, uh, replicating uh, emotions based off of programming. It's just mm-hmm. like performing these things because that's part of its biological makeup. But then I was like. Well, biological makeup in and of itself kind of is programming because DNA is just organic code. So I kind of invalidated my own argument, I feel like, because, I mean, that just makes it even more difficult. Is it like, because it's like we have we have only seen this level of programming in things that we as humans have not created ourselves. So yeah. I feel like what makes it a gray area is the fact that we created it and we are unsure of what we create's capability, which is like kind of scary, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's where the gray area lies more than, you know, the fact that it can replicate feeling is like, we don't really understand the difference between uh, how an animal feels emotions and how AI could potentially uh, feel mm-hmm. those same things, you yeah. know? I think that's a really interesting divide, though, that kind of, like, organic versus mechanical divide. Because, like, yeah. like a lot of people wouldn't consider, like, for example, a com- like, your brain, your brain is a computer. Yeah. But a lot of people wouldn't consider it a computer. They'd consider it extremely, like, like a, a lot of people, from what I can tell, would, would consider their brains above a computer in terms of functionality, right? Yeah, but why is but that? It's just kind of super advanced. I, I would say that exactly. it is a computer, but it's just a super advanced one. I mean, it literally runs on electricity as well, mm-hmm. so it's not even exclusive in that. Um, the only thing that is different about it really is like one 
uh, like we've been talking about is advancement, but also just like chemical composition. Like it's made of like flesh compounds rather than yeah. like your 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 brain is more or less just a lump of fat with electricity yeah, exactly. running through it in specific patterns that somehow come out to thought you know yeah Which and then it's like is that just conduit is it just yeah. organic conduit i don't know because then if you think about it all that the all that that line of all that line of electricity is all that nerve is it's just a line of code. Yeah. Because all that a line of code does is tell your computer how much electricity to put where, and then it does the thing. True. The difference is your brain more or less just makes you move, and I, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a computer just uses it elsewhere. Yeah, I see what just you mean. Stationary brain. Huh. Never thought about it like that. I do I do think that divide is interesting though, the organic versus mechanical divide. Because yeah. to, to a certain extent you can't really consider an AI much less than an animal if you really yeah, think exactly. about it. But for some reason, we're willing to say, Oh yeah, this animal that we have no idea whether or not it's sentient shouldn't be treated poorly because it's an animal. Surely it has feelings. But then yeah. this other thing that we as humans specifically designed to at least act exactly like it can feel like us, we're willing to say, oh, this thing that we have no idea whether or not it can feel, surely can't feel, it's mechanical. You know? Yeah. A little I, bit think that'd be a, I think that'd be an interesting kind of point to delve deeper into. But yeah. there's no real information on that, I'm going to guess. Maybe I'll look into it. No, not story. really. But, yeah. um, just real quick, yeah. I don't know how long you guys have been recording already, but uh, let's try and keep it at about half hour just to make it more palatable to broader audiences. All right, we're coming up on about 26 minutes now. All right. You know, 35, 45 won't hurt. I'm just saying to stay, you know, kind of in that yeah. range. Because I know we could talk for like four hours straight. <laughs> but I know that's hard for a lot of people to listen to, you know? Yeah. I think um, on, that, on that basis of stationary brain, though, like I said, so with a computer, you can overclock it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so how well, do you think it would be, how do you think it'd be possible to overclock your brain? Shrooms. Shrooms. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Shrooms, heroin, LSD. Okay. I, I would say the only reason I say shrooms is um what what's the active ingredient in magic mushrooms? Psilocybin or something? Yeah. Um that so I, have you ever heard of the stoned ape theory? The stoned ape? No. So basically the theory for like how uh, humans evolved sentience is through uh, like normal consumption as well as for some reason I guess at some point in time humans ate shit like literal poop and it had uh, psilocybin in it because uh, you know the animals that they would eat the dung of or the the 
mushrooms that they would directly consume had these things in them and the like kind of electrical overstimulation uh opened their minds and it happened so repeatedly that they eventually uh evolved bigger brains which kind of doesn't really fit the rules of evolution because that would be like something that is experienced within the lifetime of a single organism it's not like an inheritable trait so i don't really think that works uh as you know a theory for when it comes to evolution but i think it is an interesting concept uh that you basically like you know to be honest I don't really think for, I mean, it depends on the, on the context and how the drug is used, but uh, if you're using it for like fully recreational purposes and you're just taking a bunch of it at like once, honestly, it doesn't really do anything except overstimulate your brain and like just send an insane amount of electricity through it. You know, like, I don't think it actually, uh, does anything past a certain point but i the only reason i compare it to overclocking is because it's like you are technically stimulating your brain more than it naturally is capable of yeah which can open new avenues of knowledge the the evolution part i mean it could it still applies uh per lifetime because if you think about it like people who don't take vaccines like like, they are not going to survive as long uh, and then they're gonna yeah. raise like the people, you know, when uh, like I'm gonna like I'm gonna raise my I was raised uh, from, you know, taking vaccines obviously, and then uh, yeah, the, 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 my children are gonna take vaccines, right? But if if um, it, most likely if like your if your parents didn't teach you to uh, eat shit and do mushrooms, then you're probably not gonna teach your kids to eat shit and do mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, so it's, maybe it's more of like a sorry. <laughs> Like maybe it's more of like a social thing, you know, instead of like a. That's what I was. Yeah. Does that does actually make a lot of sense though? That's what I was thinking. It's like because yeah, I I, I know, kind of where you were going with that. I was like, okay, if he if he says that it translates to genetics, then I'm I'm gonna debate that. But I do agree. It's kind of almost like a tradition, almost because it's like a, a something that develops socially and is carried yeah. on generation to yeah, generation. Yeah, well, yeah. So it, yeah. It's, I think, like scientifically, like obviously, it's not a genetic mutation uh, that happened. So it's not Darwin evolution, right? I think I think that's yeah. the right uh, term. But it, it it's more just like. Oh yeah, like you know, my parents ate shit and did mushrooms, so I'm, I ate shit and do mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, so over over a long enough period of time, it kind of became ingrained in the human psyche, is what. You yeah, mean. I still eat shit yeah. and do mushrooms, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Every every time I every time I go to a fast food place, you know, Taco Bell, whatever, bro, just start eating shit and doing mushrooms in the bathroom. Well, yeah, Taco Bell, bro. Fuck, fuck the counter. I go straight to the bathroom. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any any person that's all, hey, let me get some. Fuck, I got next. You gotta, you gotta tell Taco. Both are available on the toilet for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... Honestly, well, that 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 does make a lot yeah. of sense, though, Jackson. That's a good point. Um. Pretty interesting. Either way. Is. Did you guys know that you only need here? Let me let me get this number. It's five thousand one hundred and twenty like neurons or something of uh, like AI code, or like uh yeah, it's like it's like uh like learning capabilities to uh be yeah. uh, a jellyfish brain 
like like be as smart as a jellyfish. Only five thousand a hundred and twenty. I would. I would man? say I would say that that's impressive, but a jellyfish is extremely stupid. Yeah, but five thousand yeah, is like five thousand is like like that's like GTA fair. AI. I... Like that's like. GTA AI has the same I mean, NPCs. <laughs> I mean, honestly, jellyfish are kind of the NPCs of like, real life. Yeah, exactly. That's they True. like they just like True. exist. All all jellyfish really do is kind of just move until they hit something. From what I've heard. True. Um, or un- if they're moving downwards until the pressure is too immense, and then they just turn around and go back. So they so, just have like really shitty pathfinding. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, jellyfish don't. They don't even. From what I can remember, they don't even have mouths. They kind of just absorb nutrients through their skin. That's that's a way to live. You know, you know just absorb. <laughs> you want to know something really cursed? What? They have six clusters of eyes. Like they're jellyfish? just like visual sensors that are like clustered on them. Are they yeah. just like light sensors? I don't know exactly how they work. They can't be somehow similar to eyes. They can't be developed eyes, I wouldn't imagine. No, There's no, no way. No. But like light, so light sensors, I can imagine. But dude, could you imagine if a jellyfish was just covered in eyeballs? Imagine, imagine you're scuba diving. Like. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine imagine you're scuba diving, right? You're way, way down there. And out of the deep, you just see a ball of eyes with tentacles floating at you, dude. You'd think the Eye of Cthulhu from fucking Terraria had come for you. <laughs> that's insane. Um, that's disgusting to think about. That's so, it's fucking I funny, though. Does it live in your, like... In your back, in in your tank or something, in like your septic I tank or something. Like one that we bought, it like sort of just started growing in my yard because, like, we uh we had left a box outside and filled up with water, like... and I just went back there and it was just like trying to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it bite you? Uh, no. Are you sure? Because you got radiation poisoning recently, uh... and you didn't go anywhere radioactive. Bro, Chernobyl last week. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Is that where you've got the box with the fish in it? No, I bought a box there and I left it outside on accident. Unrelated, though. Oh my god, <laughs> bro. Uh, nah. W trip. For real. Uh, I've always wanted to go there. Hey, bro, he sat, he sat on the elephant foot. He sent me a, he sent me a pic. He no like a, way. He said it felt like a, he said it felt like a beanbag. So like, felt like a beanbag. I, uh, I think that's the most related part, man. Hey Jackson, you know, uh, you know when you went to the basement of Chernobyl and you sat on that massive lump of black cobalt? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and it was extremely hot, burned all the skin off your no, back. No, I, I was fine. Cause I'd already okay. I'd, well, that was the elephant's foot. I'd already uh, like no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Let's just talk no, about no, no, no. Okay, okay. I, I, I have a genuine question. Yo, can we just talk about the socioeconomic state of the world right now? Bro, I think he did it smooth. <laughs> what were you saying? No, nah, but um, so like, did they like? Were, were they like, all right, you're gonna suit up and then uh, sit on this shit, or were you just like, did you just sneak off the tour no, and were like, like, hey, look at this like, cool hey guys, bump? Check this out. It's like a hot tub. 
Without water. That's actually stupid, bro. <laughs> how did you like uh how did you like skydiving into the cooling towers, Jackson? Oh, it was so great. <laughs> Please tell me that part was a joke, at least, bro. I actually go to nope. Chernobyl. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's playing PUBG in real life, bro. What is this shit? Yeah, I actually was, Oh, I speaking of a uh, Speaking of actual stuff in Chernobyl though. So, you know how they had to make that giant concrete, like, dome over it to hold in all the radiation? <laughs> Jackson, kind of like your million-dollar toilet? Yeah. yeah. Uh, David, you know what I'm talking about? No. You well, I know? know the concrete thing, but the toilet, what the... No, don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jackson, Jackson, should we tell him the story? <laughs> okay. <laughs> After the podcast. But, um, anyways, so from what I've been, um, here, actually, I'll start with, I'll start with a story from a person who lived in Europe at the time, and then I'll move to the other one. But so, uh, the Chernobyl nuclear meltdown, right? Yeah. Um, uh, my English 10 teacher, or long-term sub, um, we'll call her Miss K., Lived in England at the time, I believe. Yeah. So Miss K was absolutely insane. And um, she told us one day, um, when one of us asked what book she was reading, um, like what she thought about it. And she said she thought it was very interesting because she had been living there at the time, or in, in uh, England, when the yeah. reactor had melted down. And that the cloud of radiation, because of course it was a huge cloud of radiation, yeah. Um, had of course passed through where she lived and that she was no longer eligible to give blood ever again. Damn. Because um because of that cloud of radiation. It permanently contaminated her, she said. I am almost a hundred percent certain that that is one hundred percent incorrect. Yeah. But I'm going to take her word for it because I never did any research into whether or not that was possible. But I don't think long-term radiation... Because, mind you, she's like 45 or 50, something like that. Yeah. There's no way in hell that blood blood radiation poisoning would A, last that long, or B, if it did last that long, not kill her. True. But anyway, Or at least cause serious complications. Yeah. True. So, uh, after the reactor meltdown, of course, it was still spewing radiation. Yeah. Because um, all those, uh, all the cores that didn't melt down were still there, or I guess all the parts of the core that didn't melt down were still there, yeah. and just blasting radiation into the air. So they built this huge concrete dome, <laughs> Jackson. But they built this. They built this huge concrete dome, more like a half cylinder, but huge concrete dome over it. Yeah. Um, to hold in all the radiation. Yeah. But of course, a huge concrete dome can't hold in all the radiation forever. That's just yeah. impossible. And so apparently from what I've heard, they kind of just said, well, we'll deal with this when it's an actual issue. Like the like governments tend to do, you know? <clears throat> Global warming. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. no. Uh, Shut up. Will it- Willow Project. Anyways, 
Um, well, I personally think that it would be really good for the economy. I'm going to smack <laughs> you, Jackson. $167 trillion to America is not worth 8 billion human lives, buddy. Uh, w. That's a good trade. <laughs> W trade off. How much money did you say that was? 167 trillion. No way you're gonna find out the price of a human life right now by dividing it, Jackson. Anyway, I need to see what number this is because I don't know. Uh, human life is 28 grand. W. Eight. One two three. One two three. One two three. Uh, twenty dollars? No, I can't be right. No way. <laughs> I gotta be worth more than it that, sounds, dude. Jackson, it sounds like you did $167 trillion divided by $8 Because this, I'm, I'm getting $20,875 per human. I okay, I was gonna that. say, That's bro. Like, even that is not sold for more than that, bro. Come on. Oh, my God. I gotta, <laughs> anyways, I gotta be worth, I gotta be anyways. worth $20, damn dollars, bro. At least. <laughs> so this 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 uh this radiation dam, I'll call it, has apparently started to form some pretty major cracks. Um that like it's not like, oh yeah, just put cement over them and we'll be fine. No, it's like, oh, this is gonna break any fucking year now. So apparently any time I think at any time before twenty fifty it could just like entirely give out and we would have no safety measures in place to stop it from like wiping out pretty much all of Eastern Europe. W humanity. That's what I'm saying. We could just eat the radiation. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I mean, if Rich Piana made mutant mass, I'm going to gain some mutant mass when I get blasted by... 30,000 rads of radiation Lama, per second. Tree. What's that one guy who, like, he, like, got his face got caught in, like, a nuclear blast or something? Let me see if I can find it. Oh, the guy who put his head in a... Not in a, a reactor? reactor. Or yeah. yeah, in a particle accelerator. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he didn't... I From what I can remember, he didn't have any deformities afterwards. But he did yeah. pretty much immediately develop brain cancer and die within the week, from what I can remember. Yeah. He, like, yeah. He, he was Jackson, like, what did you expect? Consistently vomited. I did not expect that, to be real. Jackson, he put his head in a particle accelerator, yeah. man. Yeah, I did not expect that. I'm, I'm 100% honest. I did not expect that to happen. What you just said was really <laughs> unexpected. I just was not ready for it. Bro expected him to be perfectly fine. I well, I thought he would have had his face fucked up, but apparently he was like, "Oh, and his face wasn't fucked up." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Oh, but he got brain cancer and died immediately. Oh, well, because (laughs) because an immense amount of focused radiation won't like melt your skin or anything. At least not if it's like not from. Okay, I found the story. Here, uh, read it out. Okay, so. He was uh, in a nuclear power plant in 1999, and he lost most of his skin and began crying blood and eventually died after 83 days. Um, let's see. He was exposed to the highest level of radiation of any human in history. Um, 
and why did he do that though? Like, was it an accident? Or... It it was an he didn't know it was activated. Uh, let's see. The power plant. He lost all his white blood cells, so he had no immune system. Oh my god. Um. Let's see. With an obscene lack of safety measures and an abundance of fatal shortcuts, uh, yet determined to meet the deadline, the Japan Nuclear Fuel Conser- Conversion Company uh, told uh, Uchi, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, probably not, I'm not racist, guys, uh, and two other workers to mix a new batch of fuel. Um, they were untrained and mixed the materials by hand. Jesus, dude. Then they accidentally poured seven times the amount of uranium into an improper tank. He was standing directly over the vessel as gamma rays flooded the room. While the plant and local villages were evacuated, Uchi's unprecedented ordeal had just begun. Um, Kept in a special radiation ward to protect him from hospital-borne pathogens, he leaked fluids and cried for his mother. He regularly flatlined from heart attacks only to be revived at the insistence of his family. And he finally had cardiac arrest 83 long days later and was not revived. Jesus, dude, let him die. That's Jesus. not that's not the story I remember. Jesus. Uh that's an entirely different story. Oops. We're thinking of we are thinking of two different like two entirely different radiation oops. related incidents. <laughs> uh sorry. Let me see here. Yeah, I'm thinking no, Anatoly Bogorsky. Yeah. Oh, oops. July July 13th, 1978. So you're uh, telling Anato- me Anatoly Bogorsky stuck his head in the particle accelerator. Bogorsky. Yeah. What, what what's, what? Anatoly A N A T L I Bogorsky B U G O R S K I. But yeah, uh, the second you said the Japan. Oh, he survived Oh, yeah, he did. Okay. Once he said the Japan one, I was like, wait, that's not what I remember. Because I remember this happening at the Large Hadron Collider. Oh. Aren't they building okay. a yeah, magnetic uh, fusion reactor? What? See, what, what is, like, why? Why the hell did he stick it in the particle reactor? No, that's such uh, like, well, with some, like, hey, is this thing on? Uh, yeah. Wait, I'll who? The, 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 Jap- the Japanese check. guy or my guy? I don't know. The one who stuck his head in. Your guy. Oh, Anatoly? Well, like I said, he didn't know it was on. He went into the room, uh, and they turned it on while he was in the room. Usually they didn't have a light from what I can remember. And they turned it on without him knowing. uh, Because I I think they didn't know he was in there or something. Dude, he's not even dead. Yeah, I know. What? It's it's insane. But, um... So, he, like... I think he was doing, like, a check or something. I think it was a mechanic. Um, and he was in a room where it passed through. Uh, so he went and he checked on it. They turned it on without him knowing. Uh, and I guess they're, like, silent. I didn't think Hadron Colliders would be silent. But whatever. And he stuck his head in, and from what I can remember, he saw, like, a really bright flash yeah. of light. And then, like, a searing pain, from what I can remember. And this says... That the left half of his face was paralyzed, um, because the nerves were destroyed. Wait, partial seizures, rare tonic clinic. Yeah, yeah, it went right through his brain. 
Huh. It says he saw a flash brighter than a thousand suns, but did not feel any pain. Oh. Maybe his nerves right just got destroyed so fast that he didn't even feel it. Yeah, Switzerland is that would make sense. A, uh, electromagnetic fusion reactor. Um, Yeesh. It, the, the problem with current fusion is it's super not sustainable. Like We use a bunch of like rare earth materials. And yeah, we don't get a ton of energy, and so like it's more than we put in, but you know it's not like quite what we're looking for. Uh, the American fusion reactor recently did that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is the well, America one that's more sustainable for the environment with electromagnets yeah. in Switzerland. Um, and it's a fusion reactor, so pretty sick. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think we should wrap it up about 48 minutes in. Well, rest in peace, dude who got his face melted and died like 10 times and got revived and then died. R.I.P. Uchi, man. On God. Or whatever you said his name was. I think you said Uchi, right? Yeah, Yeah. that was his last name. R.I.P. That sounds like a horrible way to die. I'm sorry that ever had to happen to someone. What? Jackson! What did he what? say? He said El Bozo. Say that. <laughs> Chill out. Fortnite Switch. Fortnite Nintendo Switch. Never coming on never coming on the podcast ever again. <laughs> that was vile. Alright, well uh that is all for this episode of Public Enemies number two. Uh, once again, we are your hosts, Lewis, David, and Jackson. Uh we should be back next week. Yeah, David? You thinking? Yeah, probably. Awesome. Jackson, will you be free Sunday? Let's do eight episodes a day. (laughs) (laughs) True. Awesome. Well, uh, tell me. (laughs) That is all. Goodbye, everyone.